What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Santa Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Tattooed Life Coach. Thank you all for tuning in. We are currently in over a thousand cities and 50 countries, and I want to thank my listeners for who, all of those who uh, tune in every week. So I was introduced to our guest today by one of my wrestling coaches who helped me out at the high school. And after listening to this guy for a few minutes, I knew I had to have him on. So I'm here with Bo Tillman. How are you doing, brother? Doing great, man. Doing great. Good. Thank you. I'm glad to have you. So like we, we spoke before a little bit about what, what I do and uh, we're real big on mental health and, and really getting kids and adults uh, to see that there's so much life through doing hard things. So after listening to you talk to my boys, I was, I was inspired and I really appreciate you taking the time for us the other day, but I wanted to give you another shot at it right here with me. So appreciate you being yeah. here. Yeah, thankful for the opportunity. So tell us a little bit about you, your background, and and uh, how you got into this deal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, wrestling is kind of the the, the root of my experience. You know, is the the, the, mental, the like the mental health part. I mean, the psychology, the the work ethic, um, just uh, the physical, everything. You know, just kind of I don't know. My life revolves around wrestling. Started at a very young age, uh, four or five, when I started wrestling and um, had some success. You know. Uh, through youth wrestling and then going into high school, I won state three times. I was a runner-up uh, my junior year, wrestled in junior college, and then transferred, tried to promote Division One wrestling at Kansas State for my re remaining years of eligibility. So D1 at, you know, trying to promote D1 in a state that, that dropped the program due to Title IX, and trying to do that at age 2021 was a pretty big uh, lofty goal, but I felt yeah. I was destined to do that. And uh, so I used up eligibility there with All-American twice, National Coach of the Year in that process, and uh, spent another five years. So I spent eight, nine years total at Kansas State University in Kansas in Manhattan, trying to promote that, but uh, it didn't work out. So I came back, uh, came back home and coached high school for seven, eight years, produced several multiple-time state champs, and then got into the mindset. It came across my news, my newsletter, uh, in my email. They were hiring, uh, went through the process and jumped levels pretty quick. And I just understood the importance of, of mental health and, and mindset, uh, something that was really important for me that I looked for as a, as a kid, an athlete. Uh, but I just couldn't find the answers. And this company had the answers. And uh, it's amazing. So it's helped me in my life as an adult. It's helped my family, my wife, my children, and also just athletes at all levels. I love that, man. And I really appreciate that. I, I think uh, in this day and age, coaches teachers it, it's pretty hard to operate because so many parents want to get their hands in it and there's so much red tape and we're not allowed to coach or teach and and these kids are suffering and we know we have something that we can help them but there's there's like nope you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this and I'm, I'm a huge advocate on just man let let us coach you know let us let us teach these kids are suffering so much especially with the easy access to so much information that they just can't process and and uh the the life online and and i see the the number in sports dwindling down and down because it's much easier just to sit on the sideline and critique rather than face your demons so there's a, there was a lot of questions i had in mind but i wanted to talk about one thing that happened to me this year had one of my one of my best wrestlers talk to a former 
best wrestler of mine who ended up, he went to a different high school, but he was one of the best athletes I'd had. And uh, he quit his senior year due to anxiety that entering the mat and different things like that. And, and when one of my athletes this year went and talked to him, he said, well, I don't think I'm going to wrestle anymore because I talked to so-and-so. And, and he said that it was the best decision he ever made. And in my head, I'm thinking, how is letting your fears win the best decision you could ever make? And I just wanted to kind of get your, get your thought on that. I was, I, I ultimately, I, I talked to him into to wrestling with us this year, but I felt bad that the kid before thought that that was a, the best idea he ever had was to quit something he'd worked and put five years into when he only had a year left. Right. Well, those, you know, let's be real. I mean, those situations are tough. And I think it's tough for even adults um, and those that have been through tough situations. You know, we see, we see tough, tough moments and, and, and risk, if you want to call them that, you know, our body and our minds naturally want to tell us, run, you're not good enough. You can't do this. That's scary. And so it, it takes practice. We, you know, we have to condition ourselves and look at those opportunities and, and I think when we condition ourselves enough to view those as opportunities to grow or a challenge moment, you know, a, a courage moment, we seek out those opportunities and that, that builds mental toughness. And so if we're constantly running from those situations, we're, we're not facing our fears and things. And it's different than saying, well, I don't know if I should jump off this bridge or, um, you know, play Russian roulette. I mean, those are definitely life situations where you just don't do that. You know better, but um, facing courages and having those courage moments, we should, I mean, we have a lesson in our curriculum, My, mental toughness week one, what's your 30 day challenge? Here's your calendar. Each day you're going to seek out an opportunity as a courage moment to, to learn mental toughness and to work through those situations, whether it be raising your hand in class, um, asking to teach technique at practice, asking a girl out on a date, yeah. you know, public speaking, uh, <laughs> running 10 miles. That, that sucks. I mean, it's, and that, again, it's probably had a good choice word, but it's, it, it's, those are tough situations where we have a choice and we recognize that choice and we have to say, well, choose your heart, right? Choose your heart. You, it, it's hard to get an A. It's hard to be, uh, you know, ask a girl out on a date sometimes, but it's also hard to uh, deal with the consequences of not working and earning that A and, and coming home with a B or an F. It's also yeah. hard to maybe, uh, you know, not be in a relationship. So choose your heart. I like that. I've lived by, I've always been in a kind of an extremist in the sense of with being a redhead, I was always a fireball. It was either A or Z. There was no in between. And uh, when I got into recovery, that was one of the things I, I challenged myself to do something I was afraid of daily and something that terrified me weekly. And I really feel like I've worked through so much that's why my podcast is named Stand and Fight. I, I learned how to stand and fight. It was, you know, I don't recommend it, but at 35 years old, I took a cage fight off of Facebook, fought a Nebraska D1 wrestler. You probably can see how that went. <laughs> and uh, and that's when I started my journey, you know, into martial arts and, and wrestling. I didn't wrestle growing up. I wrestled seventh grade, took second place in the district championship and never wrestled again. And, uh, through these experiences, through facing those fears, it's really put me, there's not much that comes my way that I, that even really baffles me anymore. And I think that mindset is super important. Can you give me some experience that you had as a kid, whether it was growing up with your, I don't know who brought you into the wrestling world or, or some of those fears that you personally faced? 
Yeah. I mean, my father, my brother, I have an older brother and my father, you know, are really the leading uh, roles as far as wrestling goes. And, and my dad, he was old school, you know, he grew up in the 70s. And, and when it comes to the definition of grit and work ethic and those types of things, that was just instilled in us at, a, at an early age. And so, but as far as experiences, you know, I, I think one of the tougher moments I had was my junior year when um, in the state championship. And I had I actually had missed the first half of the season, I had just a, a, a tough year all around. Uh, but I made it to the state championship. I was winning nine to three against a, a defending two-time state champion, uh, or I think maybe it was his first year, but uh, either the sophomore or one state year before. Anyways, yeah, you know, it's 30, 45 seconds or a minute left in the match, and uh, I kind of idled down. You know, I idled down, um, just maybe kind of play it safe, and I was hanging out in the ties. And, and you know, to give the guy credit, he was amazing. He ended up being a four-timer, but he threw me in the headlock and pinned me right on the edge. And that was uh, – I was in a big arena, you know, 13,000 fans. I think probably something like that. It was three different classes. And at uh, 17 years old, I wanted to be a four-timer. That was my dream. And um, my main goal since an early age, you know, 10 years old or something like that. But that was a really tough moment for me. And I, I remember just kind of being like, I'm sorry, apologizing people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you down. I messed up. And I was kind of in shock and the trauma. And that, that carried on from, you know, it was just a tough situation for me. But maybe from February till about July or August, and uh, that's a long time. I mean, I kind of went went backwards for a minute. I had to really dig deep and gut check myself, and and then I came out and, and got things turned around. But you know, in life through wrestling, I learned through tough situations and through losses that just because you don't reach your goal, that doesn't mean you're a failure. And I learned a lot of things from that. I got the pressure, the monkey off my back. I I found out who my friends were. I I understood my support group and those things that were so very important at that time and redirected me on, the, on a better path. And um, I came back stronger, you know, and so I, I ended up being undefeated and I, I just felt, felt good again. I had the eye of the tiger, the monkey off my back. It was back to the beginning. And, and so uh, I had more fun, you know, that some lingering ghosts were around, but I, I learned to knock them out. And so, I mean, in, in wrestling, that was a tough situation, but, thank God I wrestled because I know in life, you know, in, in tough situations, going back to my dad, I remember a moment when I was about 27 and I was at probably rock bottom. And uh, my dad says something to me that I'll never forget. And he said, you know, son, um, it's the third period and you're on your back. And that's all I needed to hear. And for me, that perspective was, I don't necessarily need to win this match or, or whatever. I just, I just need to get off my back maybe take it into third into overtime or, or finish the match. But that was in life. And in that situation, again, that was all I needed to hear because uh, I just needed to get off my back. And, and I did. And here I, here I am. Man, that, that just gave me chills thinking about that. You know, we get so many times we get down and we get that tunnel vision of feeling the, the word failure when I go and speak at schools or whatever. Watching the effect that it has coming out of the kid's mouth and that if they only knew that that is the exact foundation that's going to build them up over their life, it's like, the more you try, the easier it'll get, the more you'll see that, you know, they think that if steps one through five work great, but six failed, that the whole thing's trashed. And it's like, man, you got to just keep pushing, revamp, revisit, keep moving forward. Man, I had, I, I actually, I lost my father about a uh, little over a decade ago and, uh, it was at a tough time in my life. I had just gotten out of rehab for like third time. My wife left, my 
the bank came and took everything from me. And every time I hear those stories of father son stuff, it, it really gets to me. There's so many things that I wish I would have tried that I wish I would have listened that I would have that I would have not let my fear, my anxiety, because I was a perfect example of running from everything. And uh, eventually that caught up and it just was too much. And so I chose the drugs and alcohol. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I like to work with these kids to give them that hopefully push them a different way and to face those fears and to know that we're going to love the heck out of them. You know, you go out. One thing we talk about is make sure you give yourself 100 percent because then you don't have to hang your head. If the guy beats you, it's because he beat you straight up. There's nothing wrong with that. How do you guys how do you feel about those things? Absolutely. One hundred percent. I mean, we, we try to get our our athletes and uh, students to really focus on the main objective. And, and sometimes they can, you know, not know clearly that that's we can always come back to effort attitude, aggressiveness, you know, and so when we start focusing on distractions and things, we kind of lose track of what it is I'm really here to do. And that's just work hard, um, have a great attitude and, and give a, a good effort and, and just be aggressive. Go out there and, and pull the trigger and, and execute, execute the things that you love to do that you've trained to do. And, and if you, if you lose, you know, it, that doesn't, again, it doesn't make you a failure. How do you define success? How do you define failure? And if you make a mistake, you know, then what's your new definition for, for mistakes? And what does that mean? Because let's be honest, um, even as adults, we're human, we're going to make mistakes. And that's how we learn. And going back to what you said about um, had I only listened or had I only done this, I mean, I'm the same way. I think a lot of us as, as adults wish that, you know, maybe there's certain things that I wish I was really um, in tune or focused on what was being told or directed for me. But that's why it's so important to us now. And it really is up to the kids to not, not have a full cup. You know, if, you're, if your cup's full and no more will go in, that's a, that's a philosophy from, I believe, Bruce Lee. Um, you know, empty your cup. Um, it's a book called The Warrior Within where uh, it talks about that. And his instructor, you know, is trying to give him advice and, and critique and give him feedback and direction. And, and he's talking about all of his accomplishments and things. And, he's, and he just keeps pouring tea into his cup till it over, overfills. And, and the student's like, hey, you know, my, whoa, no more will go in. And he said, just like you, your cup is full. So first empty your cup and understand that guys like us, we've been down that path and we want to say, hey, what you might want to take a left here, you know, keep yeah. an eye out. And so <clears throat> up to them too, but we live and we learn. And so we learn from our mistakes and we have to uh, embrace those, you know, and embrace adversity. And sometimes when we see adversity now, I kind of smile in a phase of it at times. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be tough. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but I look at it and I say, all right, because this is a growing moment. This is a, this is a learning moment. So whatever it is, God, that you're doing, let's bring it. I, I know you got the wheel. Let's go. Yeah. So that, that takes practice, I think. I love that. Game on. I love Game that. Game on. Bring it. So <clears throat> I think that somehow people think that, especially a lot of these athletes that, it's easier for some others or if they're good, they don't have these same fears or whatever. So obviously we see it in the little leagues and junior highs and high schools, but talk about maybe some of the athletes or Olympic athletes or some of the high level guys, do they experience the same anxieties, the same fears, are they debilitated 10 minutes before they take the mat? Like I imagine it doesn't just stop. So. No, no, I, I, it's, we're human. I mean, we all have those feelings, those thoughts and feelings. That's, that's part of it with the high school and younger kids. Sometimes maybe they feel there's something wrong with them or 
um, they're doing therapy, you know, with our, our structured curriculums. And it's, it's not that. I mean, we, we all as humans, we think of uh, with the Tito Ortiz. I, I saw a video once of him, you know, Tito Ortiz. Oh, yeah. He, mm-hmm. Fast world champion. He talked about it at one point on, a, on an interview where he was, had thrown up and maybe crying before uh, some of his fights. And I'm like, whoa, it's one of the toughest dudes in the world. He feels the same feelings maybe I felt before and, and how we deal with that. Then he goes out and wins. So Michael Jordan gets nervous before um, every big venue and, and uh, event and game he plays in because the expectation there from, from his fans and the crowd and the world, um, he sets his own expectations and lives up to those, you know, because he can't make people, everybody happy, you know, he can't live up to their expectations. So, you know, when athletes like that are Helen Morales, I believe she was using wrestling mindset before Rio. Uh, we use mindset training with us women's national team the greco world team and other d1 athletes so it, it's really um one of those things we we learn to, to view it at an early age to condition ourselves uh, hopefully we have some direction on how to view those things and what we can be focused on and again i mean you look at guys like jordan burroughs who's still you know he talks about um those types of feelings and things but how we deal with that really makes a difference how we view it and what we focus on going in and then it's kind of up to our training uh same as the military you know it, it's no different we, we focus on our training what we're here to do and execute and we get in you know dig head first into the job and and, and don't look up and just go after you know execute let, let the yeah fall. yeah i like that hey by chance do you know rob sanders Sanders. He was a teammate of Jordan's. I think he runs the USA Wrestling out in Nebraska. No, I can't picture the face with the name. That was uh, that's who's I, I I wrestled or I fought his brother. It was it was a Nebraska wrestler. My first fight, so I got a a good a good lesson in life. So we were talking on our mindset with you with Bountiful High. Um, that you said the reaction to that feeling, to the condition to see that the fear rather than see it as fear, see it as excitement, as something that you're that you're getting ready to do. So you can think of it this way or you can think of it this way. I really, I really like that. So you talked about that, just the the association. Like I, I talk a lot about in my world, I work with recovering addicts or people with trauma or suicide. Um, and we have to condition ourselves to like a new association with pain whether that be physical emotional as it it's trying to teach us something rather than fearing it and running from it or avoiding it so i feel like it was kind of the same lesson there but when we feel before a match or we we think about the state championship or whatever to kind of change that mindset can you talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely it's uh you know there are certain triggers and distractions. I use that word, um, distractions and things, pray thoughts, as we call them in our curriculum, you know, that maybe throw us off and trigger that feeling. And we recognize that in a certain way. And so, um, you know, our, our lessons, we talk about what is your interpretation of SNS, which is your sympathetic nervous system, that reaction to that trigger. And, and a lot of people, you know, they view it as nervousness or fear, stress, anxiety, being scared. And, um, you know, one of the first things we do is, is, you know, recognize that for what it is, what, how do you interpret it? Now let's change that to a new interpretation. And um, sometimes it's, it's as easy as just, you know, conditioning yourself to change that word. I remember at, a, at an early age um, in high school, you know, like one of the first mindset lessons was 
changing that word. So I never verbalized being um, nervous. Even if I felt internally that I was nervous, if someone asked me, how do you feel? Are you ready for this match? I always verbalized, um, I'm excited. And then I would tell myself I'm excited. But the struggle for me was, you know, I kind of still feel nervous, you know, in, internally. And so um, I began to kind of rehearse um, those situations. So we, we, we have our routine and training and then we have the event and then we visualize ourselves having success. And so those little, those little moments leading up to maybe when we're on deck, um, those situations where maybe I, I want to work on my conditioning for how I interpret that feeling in those moments. And so I would, I would practice being excited in those, um, go back to my training and my work ethic and build up my confidence and things and why I should be excited. And so it, it really is one also recognizing what is triggering you. Why, why do you feel nervous? What is making you feel nervous? Um, what's the worst that could happen if, if, if that actually is, is something that's causing you to be nervous? And if it, if it does happen, how will you deal with it? How will you handle it? So when you go down that path of recognizing what it is, what's causing it, what's the worst that could happen? How will you handle it? And then you start to kind of realize when you come back to the present that maybe it's not as big of a deal as that I'm making it out to be. Let's just come back and focus on my objective here and, and do what I train to do. I'm not going to let this feeling or this situation steal from my joy and my love, and my passion for what I came here to do. Let's go out here and do it. And then I, I put it on the shelf and I try to just stay focused on, on moving forward with those thoughts. And I don't, I try not to revisit it. So um, that, that's what we teach through our curriculum and, and our, our structure. System. I think that's a, that is an amazing plan for life in general right there. Yeah. Like play the tape to the end, simplify the, the pros and cons and move forward. Yep. So I think that the indecisiveness, I, I, I get the, my junior high for sure. I'm a head coach at a junior high as well. And they're, I'm like, well, what are you going to do in your match today? Well, I'm going to see if he, I'm like, got it. What are you going to do? Not what is he going to do? What are you going to do? Let's go. So we've had yeah. some success at that level. So to all my listeners, if you have one thing that has stuck out and has helped you more in your life, what would that be? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Bo, are you there? Oh, I'm here. Yes, sir. Okay. So we just, I, I want to end with, uh, with a thought from you. I'm going to ask you a question at the end, but right now, of all the things you've been through, wrestling, life, marriage, kids, all those, all these things, what's one thing that you could share with my listeners that has helped you the most in your life that has to do with mindset? Uh, well, probably failure <laughs> and making mistakes, you know, um, we just, we got to keep moving. You know, like you said, uh, face the head, head on, stand up and fight and, and view those situations as, as a challenge, you know, we look at COVID right now and you look at mental health. I mean, I think it's since June, 40% of adults have, have uh, shown through sur surveys to the CDC that they've contemplated or struggled with suicide and, and substance abuse. We've got one in four um, adults, uh, well, kids between 18 and 24 right now that have, uh, are struggling with suicide, you know, and so mental health is a, is a important challenge for us. And, uh, but 
we're, we're all going through a struggle right now. And, and I try to like redirect athletes and clients and people to just view it as, as a challenge. I mean, if, if this is a pandemic, the worst case scenario type of end of the world apocalypse type of thing for me, I, I'm like, well, I'm going to survive this thing. I'm going to come out on top. I, I'm going to win this game, you know? And so I have to be persistent and diligent in the things and, 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 and learn about, you know, this situation and, and take note of, of what I'm going through mentally, physically, what can I do to prepare myself? But also how you view it and what you're going through. And this situation itself, maybe change your perspective to everyone's talking about 2020, 2020 this. And as soon as something happens, ah, 2020 again, strikes again, 2020. Well, I'm like, well, what if 2020 was the foundation for my transformation? And that's life. When we get thrown these curveballs and things, we make mistakes, we fail, we have setbacks, we, we lose loved ones and whatever the case, like you said, marriage or uh, my, my 13-year-old daughter got relocated a thousand miles away. She's living out close to you, you know, out in Arizona and she's my heart, my joy, my soul. And to me, that was tough. And, and it's like, well, I can focus on pain, I can dwell and things, but, or I can make this the best situation, be the best dad in the world that I can be for her and uh, folks moving forward. So those are just situations I learned through wrestling and uh, viewing those, those as challenges. And what can I focus on? What's the next best thing? What can I do? Because dwelling and sulking and feeling sorry for myself and, and not moving forward is it's just not going to work. It's not going to work for me. I, I know what that feeling is, and I'm not going not to accept that. You know? So folks on the next best thing, move forward, break those walls down, be persistent. Yeah, I like that. So I always ask this question at the end of my podcast. I've got this tattoo and it says, it's better to stand and fight. If you run, you will only die tired. What does that mean to you? Uh, well, I mean, you face things head on. You know, you face anything head on. You face a challenge head on. So I was taught at an early age, old school again, you stand and fight. You know, you, sometimes you're going to get knocked down. Uh, you're going to be on your back. You know, you just got to keep fighting. You got to keep fighting. Our, our mindset principle number four, I never, ever give up, you know, and so we say that daily. I never give up on anything. I never give up. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I, I like that. Uh, never settle is the mantra that or saying that we use around here. I've got a, an athlete that's, uh, that's dear to me that, um, that uses that. I, I believe it maybe even is tattooed on his arms. Never settle. Made a big impact. So anything you do, um, even if you win a state championship, well, come back and pin everybody. Be the outstanding wrestler. Never settle. Never give up. Never settle. That's the way of life. Yeah, I like that. So how, if somebody's looking to get some help, how can they find you? Yeah, uh, go online to uh, Winning Winning Mindset or Z Winning Mindset. This is our logo here, uh, or Wrestling Mindset. We work with uh, academics, students, uh, all sports, martial arts, uh, even spiritual mindset. You can, you can find us online. Um inquire you know sign up for the newsletter we get we send text messages out uh but yeah sign up for the newsletter we pump out a lot of free information and like you um you know we, i came on and just did a, a free workshop just kind of come in to help your guys in your group get to learn more about you meet friends and things so yeah find us online uh social media facebook instagram twitter um all all of that and we you can find us you just gotta look yeah, so to all you listeners, everybody waits until there's an issue, till your kid's sick, till you're depressed, till you're feeling less than, then you feel ashamed because you have to go get a therapist because you have to go, like, start now. Do it while you're ahead and stay ahead with mindset, with guys like Bo, 
Like this is, this is how you stay ahead of the game. It's, we don't go to the gym, you know, we, we train for life and we move forward, keep our body straight. The mind is where we need to work as well. So, Bo, I really appreciate you coming on. Go ahead. Yeah, Rob, I'll, pig, I'll piggyback off of that because that's something that's important to us as a team right now is that uh, some, even some clients are thinking, well, I'm going to take a break because uh, maybe this COVID situation or our season got pushed back. And I'm like, well, you wouldn't stop your physical training. And, and now it's, it's, it's important, especially with the mental health and, and the social and emotional engagement with kids in schools. It's so important that we have avenues and, and resources for kids. So if, if you're on hold, if you need anybody, um, this is not a sales pitch. This is the same as coming in for you guys in your group. I want to be engaged. I want to help our company, our team, our family. But uh, Winning Mindset wants to help. So, yeah, like you said, don't wait. Uh, look us up. Use resources. Take advantage. Bring us in as special guests if you have to. But it's important that we stay engaged and we don't wait and hold back. Uh, that's yeah. a very strong, valid point you made there. Yeah, I think the, the isolation, sometimes all we have is mindset. And we need to work that muscle as much as we do our arms, our legs, or our technique in wrestling. So I really, really appreciate what you're doing and uh, giving back to the community. So thank you for taking the time and coming on my show. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Again, you can find me at Tattooed Life Coach in the number eight on Instagram or Rob Eastman on Facebook. Love you guys. I appreciate it. And this has been another Stand and Fight podcast. Thank you.